Let me have a prayer with you. Laura Drew show me, showed me that video on Wednesday. And I said, that is perfect. Because during these four weeks of consecrated steward, that is precisely what we are doing. We are asking you to show us your will, which you've already done in the Bible. We are asking you to acknowledge uh, our confessions that we fall far short. And then we ask you that your Holy Spirit would help us to not only acknowledge your will, but to have the wisdom and courage to follow that will, whatever it pertains to concerning our life on this earth, how we ought to live, what we should do, and why we should do it. Bless this particular week of consecrated stewards in our Lord's name. Amen. Consecrated, set apart by God to do anything that your talent allows you to do. Steward of what? Steward of the time God has put you on this earth, Acts 17. A steward of the time God has put you on this earth. The steward of your high school, if that's where you are. A steward of the college, whatever it might be. The steward of the sorority or fraternity that God has placed you in. The steward of the job you have, the neighborhood you live in, the train that you take to work. The steward of all that God has placed in your path. And then ultimately the steward of the time he gives you on this earth. The particular treasures he has loaned you. And the particular talents that he has blessed you with. That is what we are stewards of. Time, talents, and treasures brought into the property and the environment and the people that God places in our path during that time on this earth. There is a text I want to use. Pastor Shower read it, Luke 12, second Sunday of Consecrated Stewards. Huh. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to give me the money he owes me. And here's the irony. You're always encouraged to look at the verses before a verse. And you're always encouraged to look at the verses after a verse. If you look at the verses before Luke 12, verse 13, you'll see that Jesus is heavy duty into spiritual stuff. Okay, persecution of churches going on and, and Christians are saying, should I confess in my heart Jesus is Lord, but if I'm threatened with torture or, or death, that I should say, no, I don't believe in him. We got stuff going on. And Jesus has this spiritual dialogue. Don't ever deny me before men or my Father in heaven going to turn his back on you. If you acknowledge me before men in all that you say and do and think, then my Father in heaven rejoices as do the angels. He's deep into this spiritual discussion. And all of a sudden, some guy, we'd probably call him a heckler today, all of a sudden he, he just blurts out, Teacher, tell my brother to give me the money he owes me. Oh my goodness gracious. Jesus had to shake his head a little bit and look around once or twice. And when he recovers from his shock... He says, sir, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter 
between you and your brother concerning the inheritance your father left you when he just died. And he doesn't stop there. Now Jesus is a little bit riled up. He says, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell everyone here this. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I'm sure that he didn't end right there. I'm sure that he either talked to the guy privately or said it in front of everyone. My goodness gracious, sir, your father just died. His body is just laid into the ground. And all you can think of is the inheritance your older brother has received, and he's not going to give you anything. Are you out of your mind? A man's life does not consist of the number of possessions he has. It consists of your relationship to God and your relationship to others. Your father just died. And instead of grieving him, instead of thinking about all the impact your father had on your life, all you're thinking about is your older brother hoarding all the money from the inheritance. And Jesus didn't stop there. Then comes the parable, one of 40 that Jesus spoke. Luke has parables that no other gospel has. He has 24 altogether, more than any other gospel. And out of Jesus' mouth comes this story. The ground, the good soil of a certain rich man, doesn't matter who it is, okay? The ground, that's the important thing here. The ground of a certain rich man produces good crop. Why is that the important thing? The ground. Did the rich man have anything to do with the ground? No, he didn't. Who had anything to do with the ground? God. The ground that God had placed in this rich man's life, the ground produced a good crop. Jesus didn't zero in on the rich man. He zeroed in on the ground. Has God given you good soil? Has he given you good ground that you and I are supposed to furrow? Has he? As you get older, your eyesight fails. As you get older, trust me, your hearing fails. As you get older, your knees and your back fail. And all of a sudden, you're remembering when you were young. And the eyes and the hearing and the movements and the sharpness of mind... Has God given you that good soil? And if you have some illness that you are battling, is there not medication that God has provided to help alleviate that which you might have? Has God given you good soil? Are you married? If not, do you have dear friends? Do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? Has He given you good soil? Do you have a job? The good soil of a certain rich man. The good soil of Paul's tran. Do you have a job? Do you have employment? 
You get a paycheck once every two weeks. Have you crept into your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 80s, your 90s? Have you crept into those years? My son had 27, uh, and then God called him home. Uh, I've had over a thousand funerals in all of these years, some of them very young. Has God allowed you to creep into another year of your life? If you're young, do you battle any illness? Many do when they're young. What is the good soil that God has given you? We all have it. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? He didn't say, what shall I do with what God has given me? (laughs) He said, what shall I do? with the good crops that I have gathered. And then he said, I know what I'll do. I have no place to store my crops. He doesn't even think. Matthew 25, Jesus said to the sheep on his right hand, come into my kingdom. And they said, we don't deserve it. We're sinful human beings. You know, why would you give us the gift of heaven? And he said to the sheep, Why is the term sheep used? Because of John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they know me and they follow me. And when I say to my sheep, you saw the hungry and you fed them. And you saw the thirsty and you gave them something to drink. And you saw the naked and you put clothes on them. And you saw those who were sick or in any sort of prison, and you went to them. You didn't say to them, they're sick, you know, they might be contagious, or they're sick, you know, he's an alcoholic, I'm not going to go close to him, or he's got a physical illness, or she's got a mental illness, and I'm not going to go close to them. You saw their illness, and you saw them in their prison, And you, my sheep, listen to my voice. You did what I asked you to do as the Spirit worked it in you. And you went to them. You used the good soil, what I have given you, to go to those who were in need. This man, he said, I have no place to store my crops. My crops. He didn't say God's bounty. He said, my crops. He didn't even think I should give those extra crops to the poor. You know the story of Ruth and Boaz, Old Testament, correct? Where does Boaz meet Ruth? Out in the field. After they've come back from Moab, her and Naomi. Why is she out in the field? Does she own the field? No. Why is she out in the fields? Because the Old Testament law of Moses said, when you harvest the grain and the wheat, don't harvest all of it. Leave some in the fields so the poor and the stranger can come and gather them for their own sustenance. And when your grapes and your olive trees have borne their fruit, don't take all of it. Leave some in the vineyard so the poor can have it. It was an Old Testament law. This man was so consumed with his wealth, 
Like the man who interrupted Jesus, tell my brother to give me my part of the inheritance. This man was so consumed with his wealth. He didn't think at all about God has given me the good soil. He didn't think these crops, my time, my talents, and treasures belong to God. I will give 10% of my crop to the poor. He said, it all belongs to me. Not 80%, not 90%, not 95%. It all belongs to me. And I will build a barn. And I will store all my crops in there. And maybe after one more year of getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning and shutting it down at 9 o'clock at night, maybe after one more year, I will be confident I have enough to save for my retirement. Then I can eat, drink, and be merry. And then Jesus said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones, store all my grain. And then I can say, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And then in verse 20, But God said to him, you foolish man, you're going to die tonight. You're going to have a heart attack, and in your sleep, you're going to pass away. Remember last week, Matthew 6, 19, Don't starve yourselves crops on this earth. Because moth can get in and eat the fabric and the tapestries on your clothes. Don't store first out treasures on this earth because the mice and the vermin can get in, insects get in, and they'll eat the corn and the wheat and whatever is left behind will be spoiled by their droppings and you'll have to throw it out. And if anything is left, then the thieves will break in while you're gone. They'll steal what you got. That would happen to this guy in the parable. Anything with malls? No. He built the bigger barns. Did the vermin come in and eat the corn and wheat? No. Did thieves pull up a big old truck and empty it in the middle of the night? No. Not moth, not vermin, not thieves. What happened to the man? He died. But God said, you foolish man, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things just for themselves, but have no idea of how to be rich towards God and towards others. Has he given you good soil? Do, does Paul Strand, or do you, give anything back to the one who gave you good soil on this earth? Dean and Connie Capel, in just a couple of minutes, there's your warning, Sharon. They're going to do a video, not yet, not yet. Thank you. Okay. okay, you're paying attention. That's good. <laughs> Dean tells a story about a father, I think a relation, a father-in-law, someone connected to him. 
And when he gathered his harvest recently, he had so much that he took three truckloads and brought it to an agency that helped the poor and the needy. Three truckloads of grain. You and I have good soil. What do we do with the good soil? Let me tell you a little bit about God and his means of distributing on this earth. The Bible says God is light. The primary reference concerning God, God is light. There is no darkness in him. What were the first words out of God's mouth? He said, let there be light. Was it the sun, moon, and stars? No, they didn't come to day number four. When God said, let there be light, God was taking himself and placing it in his creation. God was emptying himself and placing his light into all creation. God wants everything he gives you in circulation, including himself. Let there be light, and God's light was distributed, man made in his image. And everything he created had one supposition. You will give of yourself, sun, moon, and stars. You will give of yourself that all might be blessed. When he created the plants and the trees and the bushes, he made them seed-bearing. He said each plant, bush, and tree will have seed, and they will circulate their seed, so there will be more. Do you understand all of nature has the premise, I will give of myself. Satan comes with his plan of economy, and his plan is get for yourself, get as much as you can. Rich young, uh, rich young farmer, get as much as you can. Rich young lawyer, get as much as you can. To Adam and Eve, he said, you're not getting from God what you deserve. If you eat of that fruit, you'll be as wise as God. You're not getting from him what you deserve. Satan says, get for yourself the applause of man, the old Baptist hymn you just sang. The applause of man is what is important. The scholarship in football is what is important. Climbing up the ladder, even if I have to diss someone else, that's what's important. That's Satan's realm of economy. God says give. If someone else makes a cheerleading squad and you don't, give them praise. If someone else gets the job and you don't, give them praise. We give. God's plan of economy. And it doesn't just stop with nature. If the sun said, I'm tired of giving, I'm going to take a little vacation. If the seed-bearing plant said, I'm not going to give anymore, going to take a little bit of a break for a year, what would happen? The earth would be no longer. This church and school have been here for 164 years. 164 years. Might be one of the oldest in the country, Lutheran schools. 164 years. 
And through all of the wars and all of the plagues, when I came here 34 years ago, Irv Engelhart meets me first week I'm here, shows me a picture. He says, you know who that boy is? Yeah, he said, it's me. I was three years old. Do you see the two people standing next to the young boy? That was my mom and dad. They died one week after this picture was taken of the Spanish flu. And he said, Pastor, Spanish flu just devastated this whole area. I think about the wars and I think about the plagues and I think about the 70s where God is dead. I think about all of the things that have happened. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word and my church will never pass away. 164 years. No matter what went on, the people of this church and school said, I have been granted good soil. I have been granted good soil. And I will use a portion of my crops to serve God's kingdom. Pastor Sauer is going to preach in a couple of weeks. Never forget his sermon of four years ago. He said in the, in the middle of fast-forward campaign and COVID comes three months later, he said, how did this place stay open? Did God say, Trinity, you're doing a good job. I'm going to keep funneling you money from heaven? No. Pastor Sauer said, it's always been the people here. It's always been the people. Now, Sharon, Dean and Connie Kappel. This has been a real blessing uh, to come here to, uh, to Trinity. And, uh, you know, we grew up real close, Oak Forest and the park. We were a couple miles away, but we just felt uh, like we were getting spiritually fed. And so we, um, we decided uh, to join here. It was a great decision. You know, you sort of, you sit down in church on Sunday and, you know, we, we've been here seven years. And, uh, you know, you think, well, what did I do to, to contribute to this? I mean, God knows in what's in your heart. Do you want to help? Do you want to just, you want to be part of it? Or you just want to take advantage of it, you know? And, uh, but I think, you know, you, you got to think of sometimes of uh, the ancestors what hardships they went through to get in the and got they were god led to pick this spot and uh you know it's like my wife said she uh you know it's got to be in your heart you 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 got to be joyful givers not you know well here we go again do we have money you got to think of first fruits God gives us all gifts, and he expects us to use those. And so that, to me, whether it's money or time or being kind to your neighbor, whatever, that's stewardship to me. You're looking at a picture out there that you may never see the finished painting. You know, and you got to know that when you're sitting down and you're participating into a, a project of, that you may not see everything. 
And God doesn't give you the ability to see everything. That's faith. Yeah, that's faith. God's given everybody a gift. Just, you know, identifying it and using it to, to its fullest is sometimes the... I, I was surprised. I saw Dave playing the guitar. I didn't know he could, you know. His father-in-law, he had a good, he had a good year farming. He gave away three truckloads of corn. He says, "Well, I've been blessed beyond what I ever thought these yields would be." He said, "I'm just going to send it, harvest the corn, send it to the elevator. I'll have, have it. I'll send the, the check to the church and care of this this project." You know, there. There's so many ways people can help out. People that don't have means, they can help with time, talents. You know, there's always something. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the school is the biggest mission that we have here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and you would hope that our school is full capacity every year or down the road you could say, hey, we're, we're going to have to add another classroom or we're going to have to do this or that to accommodate, um, you know, because uh, they're going to hear about Jesus every day in school. Mm -hmm. uh, the world, it seems like, is taking, trying to take God or Jesus out of everything and separate church and state and so forth. But I'll tell you what, without, without God and Jesus, uh, what do we have here? So the school is where the kids are going to be taught that mm -hmm. at an early age. And, you know, it's like Pastor said, they develop roots. And uh, the commandments and the gospel and the love of Christ in their hearts, you can't take that out. Mm -hmm. We give because God first gave us. He, he's given us everything. And even in the bad times, he was there. I know that. I was very sick for a while. So he's there. I cannot give God. Never. Thank you, Dean and Connie. Patrick Mahomes can give more money in one month to God's kingdom, being the Christian that he is, than I could give in 200 years. When I lived in Wichita, Kansas, Barry Sanders, Detroit Lions, he was a member of a Baptist church there in Wichita. He had his $10 million contract. He would give a tithe every year of that which he had to that Baptist church and the ministries there. There is a widow in the Bible. She put some money in an offering box. Jesus said, that's the biggest gift I've ever seen. <laughs> His disciples said, are you out of your mind? She put in two pennies. Jesus said, I know where you don't. Those are the last two pennies she has. As Dean and Connie said, it isn't the size of the gift. It's the fact that whatever gift you give him, from the good soil he's placed in your life, that's coming from your heart. A percentage of your good soil to the ministries. 
when I teach in that parochial school for one hour, I always get goosebumps because I see the faces of these children and I know that Jesus has touched them and brought them there. When I hear about someone in a small group and how much that means to them, youth group, children's ministries, the choirs, you guys here, do you realize that last week there were 720 people in church, the largest amount since before COVID, and yet if you look online, there were 1,100 people watching in the course of the week. YouTube, Facebook, traditional, and reveal. What's that? The good soil that God has given you. Might Paul Strand, might you, be moved to give a portion of that crop back to God so the ministries in this place might continue to be blessed, not for the sake of Trinity, but for the sake of the lives of the people that are touched. Closing exercise, are you ready? Two minutes. You got the plastic bag, you got the baggie next to you? Last week you had a box, now you got a baggie. We're downgrading a little bit, you see. Okay, there's an egg timer in there. That's a three-minute egg timer. And there are certain... There we go. Thank you, Sharon. There are about six or seven different cards in there. I want you to zero in on these three. Does serving the Lord enter into every part of my life? Am I using the abilities that God has given me to serve him and his church? With the idea of eternity, how much of my time, talents, and treasures are spent on things eternal? And the last one, do I seek his kingdom first? Do I use the talent, the good soil that God has given me to further his kingdom? We did this last week. Pastor Shower said, you didn't give him 60 seconds. You gave him 15 seconds, okay? So I'm going to do better this week. We don't have choirs and we don't have communion. Uh, in all sincerity, as Bill and Barb led us at the prayer service, we took seven minutes for four different aspects of confession. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. I want you to pray over these verses, and I want you to ask God's Spirit to come and touch the good soil that he's granted you. And then we'll have our closing prayer. And Jesus said, be on your guard against some idea you have in your mind or heart that your life consists in the abundance of your material possessions. Rather understand that your life consists of your relationship with me, your Lord and Savior, and the relationship with the individuals, including strangers, that I bring across your path. Heavenly Father, may we use the good soil of your word, your promises, and that which you have given us 
May we use that good soil to be your light to this world. And when they see that light, they will not give praise or applause to us. They will give it to you, God, for you have brought your aid into their life at a most needful time. Bring them faith in you, Lord. Bring them whatever material needs they might have. Keep us close to you ever. In our Savior's name, amen. It would be wise to take that home with you and to spend time this week reflecting and asking God's Spirit to come and help you to do well with the soil he's given you. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.